Hello there, I'm MGTOW Academy, and I'd like to welcome you to MGTOW Stories Episode 12. MGTOW Stories is a series where I review stories that I found online or stories that have been submitted to me with the intent to educate my viewers and listeners through life lessons and applicable advice. I even have a few personal stories to share in the future. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today's story was submitted to me via email by my dear friend, Simon. Simon directed me to a lengthy read a post of his detailing his seven-year experience with a woman who cheated on him, lied to him, nearly assaulted him, and ghosted him in the end. Here's what Simon wrote in his email. Can I direct you to my huge post on Reddit? See here with the link to the uh, Reddit post. I'm in the process of going MGTOW, and this was what happened. Essentially, a seven-year relationship where I'd have done anything, literally taken a bullet for the girl. I loved her more than life itself. She was my life. After her lies, manipulation, and cheating, and the worst of all, her ghosting me, it has taken me a year of my life to feel like I can finally start to rebuild. Might be a good story for your podcast about how damaging women's actions can be to genuine guys. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Thank you, Simon, for sending me the email. We're going to be kicking off today's episode by reading by first reading a post that Simon made on Reddit about some of the women that he dated and the bad stuff he noticed with them. This post is separate from the one that was emailed to me, but I felt that it would be better to, you know, just to add to the story, to add some context. So after we cover that separate post, we'll delve into the post that Simon emailed me. And before I do that, any studies or extra resources I mention will be made available to you in the description below. So let's get rolling and check out the post that Simon made on the women that he has dated. I'm 29 and I've dated around 10 women in my life. I'm going to be 100% brutally honest and list the most memorable bad things about them. Girl number one was manipulative and became a self-harmer to guilt me into things. Girl number two was a single mom. She was one of the biggest whores you could imagine. After I pumped and dumped her, she admitted that she had three to four different guys per week because it was a turn-on. Luckily, I used protection because she later admitted that she had caught chlamydia. The dirty, filthy whore. It was her kid that I felt sorry for. Girl number three got herpes from sleeping around and wanted to be my girlfriend. I ran fast and far away. Girl number five met me and wanted a baby after three weeks. Yeah, that's right. Three weeks of dating. I ran far, far away. Girl number six admitted that she had been with over 40 guys, all unprotected at age 23. Her ex-boyfriend was on restraining order and she had just finished going through a lengthy court battle with him. There are more examples and you may blame me saying I pick a certain type. I genuinely don't look for the worst girl and think I'll have you. I just feel like there is no coincidence. Every girl I've dated has had some skeleton in her closet. She's either been a whore, is wanting to be a whore, is a psychopath, or a manipulative liar, or a cheat. I've never, ever met or dated a genuine girl since I started dating around age 15. I knew a Filipino woman who dated this guy, told him she loved him every single day, paraded his photos all over social media, manipulating him into believing that he had found his future wife. They had a kid, and she left him. He is now paying 18 years worth of child support, and he's broke. Do any genuine, nice, warm, loyal women exist? Serious question. All I've seen to come into contact with are women like this. Well, let's first dissect the six examples of women he's been with. Okay, so the first one was 
manipulative and used self-harm as a means to guilt Simon into doing things. So guys, if you ever find yourself in this situation, you should be really cautious, evidently. I don't want you to leave her and then something might happen to her and you both, or you at least, end up feeling guilty as a result. But I would rather you do what's in the best interest of both you and her. Don't stay in the relationship, you know, in a relationship where you're forced to do things against you while you're you're being put in that position. That's not okay. I'd say contacting, you know, professional help ASAP would be the best route to go in this situation. You know, if a person has issues like using self-harm to manipulate you, they may need time to deal with themselves and their problems, not you. And then we had the single mom who had three to four guys going in and out of her weekly like she's like, like uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, you know, those doors that you see in those old Western saloons, like in a cowboy movie and the, the, they open in and out and whatever. It reminds me of one of those things, you know, that, that's what those things that that type of a situation. It reminds me of those of those doors. It's hilarious. I'm no surprise that she had chlamydia. Girl number three uh, with herpes wanted a relationship and a good friend Simon did the right thing and went, nope. And he got out of there fast. Way to go, Simon. Uh, girl number five wanted to have a kid after just three weeks of getting to know her soulmate. So, I mean, yeah, that seems legit. Yeah, seems reasonable. Now, Simon once again made the right call and decided to go in the opposite direction far, far away. And won't you look at that? We have a new record. Girl number six takes the lead and broke records with over 40 guys at the age of 23. And to top it off with a cherry on top, it was all unprotected. She also went through a court battle with her ex, who was on a restraining order, so there's that too for added fun. Wow, that was beautiful. Oh yeah, you may also notice that I skipped girl number four, and that's because she's the seven-year relationship that Simon was in. And this episode of MGTOW Stories, we're covering that right now. So, settle in, crank up the volume, and get ready. So, here is the post that Simon sent me via email that's on Reddit. <clears throat> Seeing as my post detailing my journey towards MGTOW did quite well in terms of support, comments, and upvotes, I've been asked to expand on the seven-year relationship. Uh, beware, this will be long because I'm going to attempt to explain seven years worth of stuff in one big post. Here it goes. I was going to university alone. No friends there, nothing. There was 100 miles away. I'm not the most social guy, nor am I the most confident guy in the room, so I figured I, I, you know, I've been single for a while, that maybe a good idea would be to get myself on a dating site. I knew nothing about dating sites, I don't even know why the idea popped into my head, but it did. And I got talking to a girl who was already at the university, and I figured she would be able to help me find my way around, and maybe we could become close friends, or more. She was a Filipina girl, not fat, not, not you know, not model thin, just average. And that's not a complaint. She was extraordinary in the looks department. She had this unique smile, which drew me in. And that's an understatement. She'd call me and text me often, making me feel like I was the most important person and that she always had time for me. This was a form of manipulation. But as a young guy, you know, 20, 21 years old, I had no clue about how the next seven years would pan out. After a good month or two of knowing her, we did the deed. Yeah, we slept together. And, and of course, we had they had sex. During it, she said, take the condom off. What the? I did. Being a red-blooded male and not having too much experience with women, I did. Totally dumb, I know. Luckily for me, 
She had no diseases. I was young and dumb. Forgive me, MGTOW. Anyways, that practically sealed it, and we became boyfriend-girlfriend from that moment on. In the beginning, I took her to a fairground, and we had so much fun. She introduced me to her Filipino friends. I introduced her to my English friends. It was borderline too good to be true. We laughed, joked, smiled, etc. Everything was simply perfect. I had visions in my head that she was the one and that we would get married one day. She texted me every day telling me she loved me and missed me. Now, picture a skinny young guy with a busty, good-looking woman who could probably date anyone she wanted, and she's telling me she missed me? Wow! I was overjoyed! And that's when red flag number one happened. I go around to her house and ask if she has deleted her dating profile. And as I said, it, she was very, very quickly deleting messages from the site. Was she cheating? I don't know. She deleted messages fast and shut her laptop. Red flag number two happened a day or two later. You know, we were laying in bed, just talking about university when her phone rang. The messages came through, then rang. I said, whoever that is seems desperate to contact you. She scolded me for being nosy. Additionally, red flag number three happened a few days later after that. Again, I was in her house and she kept getting 10 to 15 Facebook notifications at a time. By this point, I admit, MGTOW, I was paranoid as hell. Any notification she got, I kept wondering if it was from another guy she was cheating on me with. And this time, it was her ex in the Philippines. I flipped my fucking lid. I might not be the loudest, most confident guy in the room, but I am a martial artist and I can flip out in a fraction of a second. I never ever hurt her, of course, but I fucking flipped. Your fucking ex? This is three guys in three days. What the fuck is going on? She kept saying how she can't control other guys messaging her, etc. And when I came to my senses, I figured, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have flipped and she was probably right. Okay, she couldn't control the messaging, but why on earth was she getting all these messages from different guys? Fast forward a few months and it's Easter, April 2012. I'm in the park with her, her Filipino cousin, illegally, by the way, was in the country and tagged along everywhere we did. The Filipino cousin was a bad influence. She absolutely hated me. I actually think she was racist against white people, but that's another story for another day. Uh, anyways, the Filipino cousin let it slip that her cousin had an ex who lived nearby in the park that we were in. Again, I flipped the fuck out. She told me that she'd only slept with one guy, and that was her ex in the Philippines, who was messaging her a few months back, and now I'm being told that she has an ex nearby? Just how many guys are there? Well, it turns out the guy messaging 15 times was that guy and had to practically force her to tell me. I wasn't flipping out because of the number of guys. It was all the lies early on. It wasn't a good sign. Bear in mind, I'd been 100% loyal, told her the truth about my past, etc. The lies were a huge red flag, but young and dumb. So a year passes and she has introduced me to more Filipinos. I swear to God. There was a clan of them. She, you know, they attend something called a fiesta, and it's a huge Filipino party. She introduced me to this one woman who was aged 40 and was the biggest cock slut you can imagine. I swear, she used to be with a different guy each week. She was by far the single worst influence on my ex-girlfriend you can imagine. She used to encourage my ex to be single and enjoy as many men as possible. Slut back. 
Whilst all this is going on, I've forgiven the ex because a year had passed, and then suddenly I have to go to the library with her, you know, one day. And when we get there, there is a guy she talks to. He eyes her up, literally looking at her tits in front of me. I feel like going over and knocking him out, but paranoia comes back, and I think to myself, I wonder if he has been with her too. We'll come back to this one. So a year passes, you know, a year or two passes, and yeah, we're living together, all right? She changes. Yeah, she changes. Sex has almost stopped. I'd helped her get much slimmer with her eating habits. She had basically made me live on takeaway food, and I put on 40 to 50 pounds in weight. I was fat with a huge, huge gut compared to the guy that I was when I first got with her. I was extremely unattractive, and I believe she was a feeder. I think that was to get me to be unattractive to other girls, you know, but look, one day, we had a huge argument, okay? Four to five years into the relationship, she throws a dinner plate at my head. Yeah, now luckily, I dodged that shit like the Matrix. Funny as that sounds, I'm shaking with adrenaline. I cannot believe what she has just attempted to do to me. She goes and locks herself in a room. I stay upstairs away from her. Later on, I hear her moaning from her room. Porn? What the fuck is going on? I knock on her locked bedroom door. No answer. Now, I panic. Can you open this, please? Five minutes later, she answers, naked, underneath a dressing gown. I bust my way in there to see if there's a guy in there, and lo and behold, he's not physically there, but library guy aka the guy i wanted to knock out for looking at her tits in the library he's on facetime jerking himself off whilst she has been doing god knows what now in case you're wondering why i didn't leave she had essentially told me to flirt with other girls and give me a pass to do what i wanted i never physically cheated with any girl but with the lack of sex i did flirt a little with other girls nothing physical just flirting and innuendo okay Anyways, seven years now, okay, and all the crap had been forgotten. We were getting along better than ever. I mean, we were 100% fine, and people even used to comment, I wish we had a relationship like you two. So much so, we got engaged. Anyways, remember her slutty 40-year-old friend? Well, she was back on the scene with the cousin. Yeah, three Filipinas together. Mm -hmm. The cousin and the 40-year-old practically convinced her that I was somehow not a good guy and I wasn't the right one for her to marry. So one night, I'm about to go to karate class, okay? I was training for my purple belt, just two to three away from the black belt, okay? When I get a text, it's over. I'm done. What the fuck? Why? I messaged her, begging for an explanation. Nothing. So I said, I want the MacBook and ring back. She says, okay. That's when my heart truly sank. I mean, I didn't give a shit if someone shot me in the brain and I exploded into a million pieces. I was hoping we'd somehow be able to sort it. So I drive 100 miles from where I originally lived to her house to go and get it. Uh, you know, the ring and MacBook. It was a long distance relationship in the final two years. She meets me with three guys. Three! Part of me was upset as hell. I felt like pounding the shit out of all of them. But let's count this up. Three guys coming out of a car. A library dude. 
the ex who lived by the park mysterious messages on you know dating uh, on the dating profile that she deleted and that's just a few scenarios i knew about i got my macbook and ring back whilst three guys one of whom looked like he could seriously fight all watched me intently moral of the story filipino girls are bad all right it's not just a stereotype the very very vast majority i came into contact with over 40 in the seven years, we're all sluts with 30 to 40 guys per year on the bedpost. They all talk in their own language around you. Before anyone says I'm racist, a racist wouldn't entertain dating someone of a different race. Shut the fuck up. Having written this out, I feel like it's a good thing that she left. But she blocked me and never, ever contacted me again. No explanation, nothing. She had probably been cheating for years. And one year after that happened, someone contacted me saying they found a picture of her. Yeah, they found a picture of her wearing the engagement ring dated back in 2017 with another guy holding hands. The fucking bitch had been cheating wearing the engagement ring I'd bought her. I ended up talking to the ex, the one who lived nearby the park after she left after seven years. He said, the real reason I kept blowing up her phone all those years ago was because she did the same to me dated me for years and then ghosted me out of nowhere. I apologized and that was the red pill. I realized that she was doing it to lots of guys and lots of guys were contacting her asking, what the fuck? And that is why I posted recently about wanting to join MGTOW. I've been through so much trauma and stress over these seven years. It's a wonder I'm able to tell the tale. But it's 100% true. And sorry it is a long read, but that isn't even the full story. Okay, so that is the complete post. Now let's begin my analysis on the story by examining the mysterious world of online dating. After all, it's how Simon met his ex. Let's first look at what online dating meant in the context of this story. So when you meet someone on an online dating site, what do you think they'd be more interested in? Hookups or marriage? Okay, what's the reason that they were on that platform to begin with? Did Simon do the right thing by choosing to meet someone on an online dating site? Well, I did reach out to Simon via email, and this is what Simon replied. I went to Plenty of Fish, that's a dating site, back in 2011, originally looking to meet a girl for a friendship or a relationship. That was about us our university, and that's where I met the ex. We planned to meet up after talking on Plenty of Fish over webcam and whatnot. We literally fell head over heels for each other. I, you know, It seemed like soulmates. We just clicked like you wouldn't believe. I don't know if I believe in destiny per se, but this was damn close. We planned to meet up during my first week in university. You know, we got along perfectly in person. I've still got photos of the first few weeks together. We looked like what most people would describe as loved up, a perfect couple. I couldn't imagine it ending. What's worse, I couldn't imagine how it would end. So let's go ahead and break down that reply. He went to Plenty of Fish the dating site to meet someone for a friendship relationship right so maybe he was looking to get with someone simply because of his biological imperative why because that's what we're wired to do maybe he wanted to start something and work his way up from there okay so after talking online they met up okay and from personal experience and i'm sure others can relate he described it as if it were destiny being fulfilled the initial meeting of a person can often exceed your expectations thus making it seem surreal I can relate on a personal level. At the beginning of you know, this past June, I hung out with this girl for five days and we would be around each other no matter what. So I decided to make calculated risks and you know make the best out of it, right? So 
It was much like Simon described, actually, almost like Destiny, but after the event that we were doing ended, I did some self-reflection, like I always do, and realized that the events exceeding my previously held expectations seemed to be, you know, the reason that everything was just, you know, falling into place. It was like, you know, Destiny and whatnot. And yeah, to some degree, that was absolutely true. Some things, I still don't know why, just, you know, go well by chance. That made me question the possibility of a higher power controlling the fate of the circumstances at the time, but... Overall, my expectations is what caused it to seem surreal because the events exceeded my previously held expectations. So that's one thing you got to be key, you know, you got to be aware of, okay, as a guy going his own way. And even if you're not, it's critical to do self-reflection on, you know, events in your life, things going on. It's a very good thing to do. I just lay in bed at nighttime saying, hmm, you know, let's reflect on what happened today, what happened then. And it really helps me clear things out. I highly recommend you do that. If you don't do that already. Moving on, I'm not saying that online dating is impossible, but when taking into consideration the vast amount of men online, women get to pick them out like food options at a buffet. Literally. It's been proven from experiments that the 80-20 rule, also known as the Pareto principle, holds true in the world of online dating. Okay, not exactly, but it's super close. Super close as in the experiment resulted in the 79-21 rule. That is close. Now, my reasons for why I strongly advise men, MGTOW or not, to avoid online dating like the plague will have to be discussed during another time. But nonetheless, men, stay away from online dating because uh, it's just not good for you. Okay, If you choose to date, that's really not the way to go. So I would recommend you stay away from online dating unless you're like super, 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 super good looking. So Next up, let's discuss how a person's looks are just the tip of the iceberg. I'm referring to the part in Simon's post where he said she was a Filipino girl. Not fat, but not model thin. Just average. And that's not a complaint. She was extraordinary in the looks department. She had this unique smile which drew me in. And that's an understatement. I get it. I get it. Sometimes people can just look so darn good. And believe me, I understand Simon. I do. But there's another thing that must be understood. All right. Good looks doesn't equal good personality and character. A person can have a horrible personality because they look good. Not to say good looking people are horrible folks, but I'm merely making an example. Okay. And you look, when you see someone who catches the attention of your head, maybe it's one head or the other head, maybe even both heads, you don't yet know them as a person. I'm not saying you're unaware of that concept, Simon. But it's something that I feel important to share with the listener or viewer of this episode of MGTOW Stories, okay? Don't let the looks fool you because they can be the curtain for a horrible person. Let's next move on. Let's uh, next move on to a big mistake that I noticed and even Simon noticed himself, unprotected sex. Let's go back to the post and read that specific part. After a good month or two of knowing her, we did the deed. We slept together. During it, she said, take the condom off. What the? I did. Being a red-blooded male and not having too much experience with women, I did. Totally dumb. Luckily for me, she had no diseases. I was young and dumb. Forgive me, MGTOW. This reminds me of something I read online a few years ago on a random-ass website. You know, the author wrote something along the lines of, if she doesn't make you wear a condom or wants you to take it off, she probably held other guys to the same standard. What would make you any different? In fact, we do know that this chick was with other guys before Simon, as mentioned later in the story. An STD is not worth the temporary pleasure. And if you're that desperate for sex, pay for it. 
okay? Don't give in if a girl tells you to take off the condom and you're not comfortable with that, okay? Respect your boundaries and, most importantly, respect yourself. Speaking of boundaries, try to have that discussion before getting the fun time if possible. Just a little FYI. Uh, so, look, if you guys, you know, both agree or disagree on something, whatever, less time will be wasted. So, have that conversation about boundaries and whatnot before going to fun time. All right. And Simon, considering that she lied to you about her previous partners, um, you know, or he, her even having previous partners for that matter, you're extremely lucky to walk away disease free, my friend. So, in short, look, don't risk a lifelong consequence for a short term pleasure. That will last under, you know, maybe half an hour to an hour. All right. It's definitely not worth the risk. Remember, MGTOW may calculate risks if you do decide to venture into the world of hookups and sex. Let's now move on to the red flags that I picked up during the post. So let's start with the trust issues that developed as the relationship progressed. Without trust, there is no love. Okay. If I have a girlfriend, how can I love her if I can't trust her to not cheat on me? So when she was deleting those messages quickly and when she started her laptop quickly, it would make you question, what is so secretive that it must be hidden from Simon? Is it information that would jeopardize their relationship? Why is it being hidden? I understand that even in relationship, you know, respecting your significant other's privacy is important, but if they're potentially cheating on you, which you suspect but can't tell for sure, that's where things can get complicated and confusing. If you were to ask me what I would have done, I would tell you that I honestly don't know. Different folks would probably make different decisions for different reasons, but I'm kind of in the middle. Okay, On one hand, I don't want to accuse my partner of cheating after just one event, but at the same time, it's really suspicious to hide something from me in a quick manner like Simon's ex did. All right, is it something that I shouldn't see? If so... Why shouldn't I see it? So I wouldn't exactly say that Simon did something wrong by not addressing this specifically to his ex, but this could have been a critical point that could have changed the outcome of this story. What would you guys would have done? You know, what would you do if you were in Simon's shoes? Let me know in the comments below if you're listening to this on a podcast platform. Email me or share with me on Twitter. Anywho, moving on. Uh, If you do find yourself in this particular situation where you don't know what to do, trust your gut feeling most of all because there's a chance it's right, okay? Additionally, consult help from friends or online forums that you know you can trust. And by trust, I mean you know that they won't sugarcoat the situation. Sometimes in life, people tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. They tell you what you want to hear, that, that the, the advice that would make you feel better, but not something that is aligning with reality. What's most beneficial to you? What you need to hear may not always you know, make you happy or whatnot. All right. But at the end of the day, that's what, that's, what's the most beneficial. Okay. So make sure if you ever need to get some advice from folks, get it from people who will tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. Okay. And then we also have the additional red flags, the barrage of phone calls and Facebook notifications. It was an ex from the Philippines messaging her. As Simon mentioned, she can't be blamed for something out of her control. After all, it's the guy from the Philippines who is the one messaging her. But once again, why? Why is he trying to contact her again? Why didn't she bring that up to him? Hey, you know, my ex from the Philippines is trying to contact me again. Like, shouldn't that be brought up? Well, according to a Twitter poll that I conducted, of the 33 people who voted, 97% agree that Simon should have been informed on the previous ex 
trying to contact him. So that's according to a Twitter poll that I conducted. Now, let's analyze this, okay? Fast forward a few months, and it's Easter, April 2012. I'm in the park with her Filipino cousin who was illegally in the country and tagged along everywhere we did. The Filipino cousin was a bad influence. He absolutely hated me. I actually think she was racist against white people, but that's another story for another day. The Filipino cousin let us slip that her cousin had an ex who lived nearby in the park that we were in. Again, I flipped the fuck out. She told me that she'd only slept with one guy, and that was her ex in the Philippines, who was messaging her a few months back, and now I'm being told that she has an ex nearby. Just how many guys are there? Okay, so now we're at the point where the cousin stepped into the relationship and, for lack of a better word, messed up things worse than a drunk through like a donkey in a glass warehouse in the middle of the night. Okay, I legitimately believe that the cousin mentioned the nearby ex at the park to purposely mess things up, especially when considering that Simon wrote, she absolutely hated me. So at this point, I would have found it quite difficult to trust my significant other after finding out that she had been hiding her exes from me, especially when they're nearby. I mean, why should he be hidden? It's her ex. They're not jerking out to each other over the internet or something, right? Well, oh, wait. We'll, we'll come back to that. We'll, we'll come back to that part. Now, but look, it's important to know that when your significant other is hiding an ex from you for who knows what reason, you're probably wondering what else is being hidden from me, all right? And that's a good question. With all of the lies being uncovered faster than a government conspiracy theory, this would be the point in the relationship, the breaking point, that is, where I will leave. Keep in mind, Simon was being completely honest about his past, whereas his partner was exposed for covering up her past more than once. All right, And this, for me at least, would shake the foundation of trust and the relationship to the point at which I would have left it. Now, Simon didn't leave. This is a mistake that could have saved him a lot of time, resources, and heartbreak, maybe even some headache too. To leave a relationship, you should have a reason. What would Simon's reason be? He can't trust his ex. How can you love someone when you can't trust them to not cheat on you? That's like trusting a blindfolded surgeon to castrate you. You don't know what will be cut, how much of it will be cut, and how expensive it's going to be. But it's okay, doc. You may be blind. Go right on ahead and get it done. I trust you. Trust is one of the foundations of love. And without it, you got something. And it surely ain't love. So next, let's cover influence. You're a product of the environment you're around. And as the saying goes, if you hang around a barbershop, you'll get a haircut sooner or later. Well, at least I think that's how the saying goes. So if you need to get additional judgment on someone, okay, you want to get to know them better, their personality better, look at their friends and who they hang out, you know, who they hang out with, okay? What's their crowd? Who are they with all the time? If a guy has friends who does drugs and commits crime, it's obvious, you know, what's going to happen to the guy. He's going to become a priest and dedicate his life to the Lord and Savior, right? I'm a very sarcastic uh, person, if you don't yet know. Anyways, if a girl has friends who are thirstier for cock more than a guy who's been uh, in line at KFC for an hour, chances are that she's going to be influenced by them and turn out to be like them. If the red flags previously discussed and uncovered weren't enough, this right here will be a major one, especially when her friends, relatives, family, and whatnot are encouraging her to ride the cock carousel and have some fun. So, anyways, we're now at the point where it's been a year and things have improved. Specifically, we're at the point where Mr. Googly Eyes at the library conducts some visual observation of Simon's, at the time, girlfriend. Now, Simon, rightfully so, gets suspicious. Given that you can't trust your ex about her past, it makes you wonder how many guys she's been with and how many guys have been inside of her. So, we'll move away from Mr. Googly Eyes and get back to him in a minute. Okay, now let's study 
how things between Simon and his partner have changed over the course of a year. All right. There's less sex. Now, let's clarify that there has been less sex between Simon and his partner and his girlfriend at the time. But we don't know how <clears throat> active Simon's at the time girlfriend was. Okay. Catch my drift. Additionally, Simon has put on more fat due to the unhealthy food that he's been taking in. And that can be many things. Maybe he doesn't really matter much to his partner. Maybe he could just be a backup plan. I don't know. Maybe it's to hold him down. All right. Let me reread to you a specific part. Yeah, a specific part of Simon's post so we can break it down better. Get this. So a year or two passes and we're living together. She changes. Sex has almost stopped. Let's first notice how Simon mentioned her changing. We must keep this in mind when we initially first develop strong feelings for someone. Okay, remember when Simon said that he made uh, that she made him feel like the most important person in the room? Where did that go? At the window, apparently. Also, sex has almost stopped. I mean, sex has almost stopped. Just enough to keep him in the relationship. Just enough so that it can be used as a manipulative tactic to hold him in the toxic relationship. It's not completely gone, but it's almost gone. All right. So Simon will get the mentality that he has to work harder for some action. All right. For some action. This is what I mean by action in case you don't yet know. Okay. I don't know the specifics of this case with Simon, but this is how lots of men get tricked after almost a year or so into a relationship. Sex declines just enough so the guy doesn't leave and also so that it can be used as manipulation against him for the benefit of her. Remember, manipulation against him for the benefit of her. All right. Sure, sex is for reproduction, but it can be for many things as well. Same with sex. All right. I mean... Uh, you know, sex, it can be cardio exercise for some, it can be a way to make money or even manipulation of your partner. Yes, this is a form of manipulation using sex as a way to control your partner. It's called manipulation, folks. Get used to it. A lot, lot of manipulated people out there. So be careful that look, men be cautious. Don't be controlled by your primitive instincts to smash, especially when your partner is controlling you for her benefit. Now, after four to five years of being in that relationship, which seems to be about toxic in my opinion, there is the huge argument with uh, that ends with Simon nearly getting assaulted with a dinner plate. Attempted assault isn't okay, no matter who is the perpetrator or victim. Okay, let's sidetrack for just a tad bit here. People don't tend to take seriously men who are victims of assault and attempted assault. And men are assaulted much more than you think. According to a publication in the National Center for Biotechnology Information, which will be Link to you in the description. Uh, in non-reciprocally violent relationships, women were the perpetrators in more than 70% of the cases. And that's a big number. All right, 70%. So look, violence is violence and is never okay. Um, if you need to, it doesn't hurt to call 1-800-799-7233 if you're in the U.S. Uh, and you need help regarding domestic violence. Or call 911 if you're in immediate danger. If you want to reach out to me, my email address is mctowacademy.media at gmail.com or send a message to me on Twitter. My handle is at all caps MGTOW, followed by Academy. The first in Academy is capitalized. Domestic violence is not uh, an issue that should be taken lightly, and it can help a lot to have someone to talk to. And if you need me, I'm always here. Uh, I'm always open to talk to you about anything if you ever need it. All right. But anyways, guys, getting back on track, this plate being thrown is something that made me raise my eyebrows because it's just straight up wrong. It's unacceptable. All right. And then after that happened, she locked herself in her room where she met up with Mr. Googly Eyes 
from the library where they both pleasure themselves to each other at the same time. Now, I do have a few questions that I'm afraid simply can't be answered, but are still worth pondering, okay? How do they get into contact with each other? Did they know each other from before? Have they been cheating? Did he get her information when Simon wasn't there? A jerk-off session over Skype definitely crosses the limit, so it makes you wonder what else they could have done behind Simon's back. And even if Simon were to have stayed in the relationship, this would be the ultimate breaking point if uh, the previous ones weren't. After the uncovered lies, Skype jerk-off sessions, attempted assault and little sex, I would have left that relationship faster than an SR-71 Blackbird, which is a very, 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 very fast airplane for those of you who don't yet know. All right. Uh, I love airplanes, so I will be referencing them every now and then. Get used to it. <laughs> now, anyway, Simon did mention that he stayed because he was issued a pass to do whatever he wanted to do with another girl. Now, in my opinion, this shows that Simon's partner doesn't see this as serious. A pass? Really? That was seven years, a relationship for seven years in, in the past. Um, okay, okay. That, that's just my take on it, but okay. So, anyways... Um, yeah, that just, in my opinion, shows that Simon's partner doesn't see this as serious, you know, offering a pass like that. Hey, you know another way of getting a pass? By leaving the whole ass relationship altogether. Why would you stay? Do you need to get hit by a dinner plate this time in the head? Do you want to catch her in bed this time with Mr. Googly Eyes? And besides, why do you need her approval? Look, I get that you've been with her for a while now. It's going to be tough to break up and when I get it, okay? But remember that she lied to you about her past threw a plate at you and almost hit you, had pleasure time with some dude from the library without you knowing, and you never told her any of that was okay. Look, Simon, my friend, don't take it personally, but please, dude, this is ridiculous. Respect yourself. You do not need her approval given how she has acted and how she has treated you, and this this goes out to all men, okay? You know, everyone's been there in that situation. You know, like, I, I, I've made mistakes just like Simon has. We all have. Admit it. We're all human. That's what makes us human. But please, you need to learn to have some respect for yourself. Have boundaries and have some respect, please. Now, another interesting thing to note is how seven years later, people commented on how perfect their relationship was. A few months back, uh, a good old buddy of mine on Twitter reaches out asking how to deal with seeing other couples in public as he felt sad internally because of it. So yeah, he had, he's had issues with women in the past that still affect him, but I did go over things like meditation, understanding the Stoic philosophy, applying it to the situation, but also covering the concept that our perception of things doesn't matter, it doesn't equal the reality of the situation, okay? Just because the couple is holding hands doesn't mean they're going to be happy and together forever, okay? That same couple could have a big argument the next day, all right? They could be going through some serious crap in just 24 hours, and you don't even know it. One person might be cheating in that relationship and you wouldn't even be able to tell just like the other person in the relationship can't even tell, okay? Now, this is just something to mention on the side, all right? No matter how hard we think about rational judgments and decisions in our current climate, it's quite difficult to abandon our biological wiring, okay? That, that is, that's just the way that things are, okay? You can get used to it, but it's still there. It doesn't just go away, all right? That sucks, but that's the reality, all right? So... If you're going your own way and see happy couples in public, understand that it's merely your perception and not always the whole picture. Just like how Simon initially thought his ex was about near perfect. Your perception doesn't equal reality. Now, we're at the point where Simon put a ring on it, and it meaning his about-to-be ex. <laughs> so, now, seven years later, the 40-year-old cockslut and crazy cousin 
re-enter the scene. Yeah, that's one hell of a sentence. I know, I know. Uh, now, possibly it's because they found out that an engagement had occurred. Why did they reappear? Well, were they, you know, were they jealous? They didn't want her to get married so that she could keep partying? I don't know for sure, but uh, one thing is for sure. Simon was saved from a hell of a lot of trouble. Think about it. Think about it. If they never convinced Simon's wife-to-be to end the relationship, he would have to endure a lifetime's worth of hell. Simon underwent so much in just seven years. Imagine what a lifetime of that would do to him. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, he could then divorce her, but we all know how that ends for the man. If you get a divorce, you know, we all know that. You don't need to say it. We just know. Okay, look, once you're in, you're screwed. And how you're screwed is up to the discretion of your owner, uh, wife, excuse me, in the court system. And let's just focus on how Simon's partner broke it to him. How she told him that after seven years, there would be no marriage. Over text. Text or SMS is a form of digital communication, and it's definitely not the way that I would want to be told that my wedding's being called off because after seven years, seven years, a 40-year-old whore and a cousin decided that I'm not the one to marry. But I want you, the listener, the viewer, yeah, I'm talking to you, to think back seven years from where you are today. That's over 2,500 days, and poor Simon was informed that his wedding would be called off over a text message. I think that's a little bit, that, that just throws me off. That the, the fact that it was a text message. I don't know, man. I get that it's more convenient for some folks, but that's seven years in a text message, man. Now, look, if there's one right thing Simon did in these seven years, it would be going back and getting his ring and MacBook, okay? Simon added, uh, you know, he added that the last two years of the relationship was an LDR or a long-distance relationship. Now, folks, some may not know this, but I've guided and advised people about relationship stuff and whatnot before I even discovered MGTOW more accurately between 2015 and 2016, I did that stuff online over email, yeah. Hell, to this day, I still get random emails from folks on my old email address asking for their advice on their situation. And 90% of the stuff I dealt with was LDRs, long-distance relationships. So this comes with absolutely no surprise to me. It's much easier to cheat behind someone's back when distance becomes a factor, for example, okay? Uh, there's a disconnect there. You're not always there physically. And that distance does, yeah, it does play a huge factor. In fact, Simon did add that someone uncovered a photo of his ex cheating on him back in 2017 wearing the engagement ring that he bought and in the end simon had his red pill moment where he talked to the ex of his ex who lived in the nearby park simon then discovered that he wasn't alone and that he is just one of many men who have been dated and ghosted by simon's ex and that my friends was simon's red pill moment Additionally, I want to cover something else that goes out to all men, MGTOW or not, and that is to have something going for you. Simon, for example, has karate. The thing is, if you're in a relationship and it ends and you have nothing else going for you, then you will feel useless. You will feel like you have no other purpose. The one purpose you had is now gone, right? That's why Simon mentioned that in his post. He wouldn't care if someone you know, shot him in the head, all right? That, that, that was kind of your purpose. That was your thing, and it's gone, all right? It would be much worse if Simon didn't have karate going for him. I'm just saying, all right? So have something going for you, okay? So that if the relationship that you're in ends, which it can, you still have a purpose, a reason to get out of bed every morning and kick ass throughout the day.
And this concludes this episode of MGTOW Stories. If all goes as scheduled, we should have an interview with Simon on the next episode of the MGTOW Academy show. How cool is that? We'll get a better understanding of how Simon is doing now and here's some words from the man himself. If you have any questions you'd like to ask Simon, post them in the comments below and I will happily ask Simon those questions. Please consider supporting MGTOW Academy via PayPal or Patreon. The information for how you can help is made available to you in the description. I earn no revenue or no money from all the hours I put forth with MGTOW Academy and I enjoy creating content for you guys and the content will be greatly improved with any donations I receive and I'll money received will go back towards MGTOW Academy. Also, if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a five-star review. It'll help boost the MGTOW Academy show, uh, which is where I post all my podcasts and extra audio content like MGTOW Stories. Uh, Also, you are able to follow me and my shenanigans daily on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at all caps MGTOW followed by Academy. The first and Academy is capitalized. No Twitter, no problem. Just drop it to my inbox. My email address is mctowacademy.media at gmail.com. We'll meet again in the not-too-distant future, hopefully interviewing my good friend Simon. But until then, remember that it's a very dangerous world out there, so be sure to keep taking in your daily doses of red pills and to stay safe out there. This is MGTOW Academy, signing off. Yeah. As we keep on going down, everybody